Let's all just lift our hands and thank God that we're in the kingdom of heaven. These things are coming. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for it so much right now. And we know that not one word of yours will fall to the earth. Everyone will be fulfilled. And we thank you for it. Praise the name of the Lord. And do not forget the TV, you know. Brother Carl. By the means of television, and especially since Telstar has come into existence, we can look at the two witnesses. Brother Carter. Thank you. Very wonderful man of God, and we've enjoyed him so much, as well as the wonderful ministry of his wife, but this wonderful ministry of the Word. God bless you, Brother Carter. We love you. It has been a very great pleasure to spend this week in this spiritual church. We've enjoyed every meeting and every minute. The fellowship has been grand, and we thank God for bringing us here. Today we've had a good day. This morning was a wonderful meeting. You that were here, you know what, how the Lord came down and blessed the service. It was a great joy to see a couple being separated to the work to the full ministry of the church helping to help the, the two pastors that you already have in this growing, uh, growing community. Oh, it's grand to see a work that is spiritual and growing at the same time. And uh, during the week, your appreciation of the word has been such that we have valued it even more than your liberality of tonight. We thank God that you have shown liberality in this way. We didn't desire it. <clears throat> I've never preached for money. I've never made a condition for preaching in my life. No, not from 1910 when I first began to preach up to 1964. I've never asked anybody for a dime for preaching. And if they said, Brother Carter, will you come and preach? I'm going to give you nothing. I could say, I'll be right there on the spot. Yes, that is if they couldn't afford anything, if they were abominably mean, I might give them a message on judgment. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but if they had nothing, it would make no difference to my preaching. I do not preach for money. But I have appreciated the interest that you've shown. You've listened to those who have loved the word, and that has made it easy and delightful for ministry. And now, this, tonight we, oh, what a grand time we've had. What fine testimonies we've listened to. And, and then we, we had the Crosby's. <laughs> oh, that contagious laugh of Mrs. Crosby. We, we, <laughs> we just overflow when we hear it. Makes us think of Isaac. The word Isaac means laughter, of course. And, uh, Sarah said that all that heard her laugh would laugh with her. I'm sure that's true of Mrs. Crosby. So it's very nice to see Brother and Sister Crosby and Brother Austin with us tonight. Oh, these are friends from Beaumont, of course, and, and we just love to see them and meet them on every possible occasion. Then it was grand to have that message in song again by the trio. Well, we're getting, we're charmed by those, uh, those voices and how sweetly they minister to the glory of God. Well, 
One other thing, we were just delighted that yesterday was Fastest anniversary. Uh, he didn't tell us what anniversary, but it's anniversary of his marriage. And he was married in the same month, not the same year, the same month as we were. <laughs> married in October. And so we went out and had a delightful time together. We want to say how, how much we've appreciated the motel that we're in. It's just been delightful. Been, uh, so serviceable. My wife been able to do a little cooking and oh, we just love to feel a touch of home to be able to cook a little, not too much. And uh, <laughs> yes, we go out for the meal, main meal. And uh, I have appreciated the, the uh, liberty that has been in the speaking with other tongues. Something I, I haven't found, and I've been in a good many countries and in a good many assemblies. I've preached in over 300 assemblies, over 400 assemblies in the United States, and over 700 assemblies in Britain, not counting the, the, the 50 other countries that I've ministered in. And I've never heard uh, the speaking with tongues in such liberty and uh, such... Uh, under such delightful blessing, it seems to be different uh, here than anywhere else. And so we really praise God for bringing us here to enjoy the fellowship of this church. Now tonight, friends, because time has uh, slipped away, I've changed my message. I had a message that would have taken just a little too long for this evening, and you're going to have an old one and a short one, and I hope, I hope the blessing of God will be upon it. It comes in the Gospel of Luke and chapter and chapter seven, and it's just just these words, verse fourteen: "Young man, I say unto thee, arise." Young man, I say unto thee, arise. It comes in a very sad little incident, a story. Ah, that are sad, sad, sad incidents in life, life. It's a valley, it's a valley of tears for so many. The trouble and sorrow and pain and, and sickness and death. And this is a sad story that this, these words come in. A sad, it's the story, it's the story of death. The story of a young man's death. The story of a widow who lost us? Ah, it's a sad story. It's always sad when death comes. Death comes stalking in. Death, which has no bowels of compassion. Death, which is cruel in the extreme. Death came to this woman home, and she lost a son. It will always be sad, a son. But some of us, <laughs> but some of us, we're expecting to go. Yes, we're not troubled at all about it. In fact, we're anticipating with, with considerable joy the day when the chariot will come and we shall go up higher. But for a young person to die, for one who hasn't tasted life, who hasn't known full, who hasn't lived the years that he should, the allotted span. Some of us have lived more than the allotted span. But for those who have not, ah, it's incredibly sad to see young people taken. 
And here was a woman that lost the son. Yes, but sad as that is, it's sadder than that. For here in the story, it's the story of a woman who lost her only son. Now that, that's doubly sad, for there was not another boy in the house. It doesn't tell us that there were any daughters. It would almost suppose, it would almost suggest that the, it was the only child she had, and death had come along to take the only boy she had. I say death is, is cruel and compassionate. And, and, and it's doubly sad, and, and it's sadder really than that. For it's the story of a widow losing her only son. Death had knocked on her door before. Death had come along, claimed her companion, took him away, and left her without a husband. But she did have a son. And death came the second time to take away the son. All three, sin and death, death and sin. This world, this world is immersed in sorrow. It's stricken with grief. There are troubles on every side. A widow, can you think of anything sadder than this? A widow losing her only son. Yet there were... The story doesn't enlarge upon how he died. He might have died of a sickness. He might have grown weaker and weaker day by day. And in spite of all the efforts of the mother to save the boy from death, there comes the moment when the light finally dies from the eye. The breathing ceases. It's not a son she has in the house, it's a corpse. Or it might have been that the boy went out to business. He might have uh, had a job across the hill on a farm. Might have been that he went out hearty and well in the morning. And the mother looks as he climbs the hill and gives his final wave from the hilltop, a silhouette against the skyline. He's going over the hill to his work. And now she settles down to her work and prepares Finally, the evening meal for his return. He doesn't come to time. Something is working overtime. I wonder, ah, she talks to a neighbour and talks about possibly the lad working overtime. But still, he doesn't come. And here the People coming up the street, there's a man coming forward, what, what does he, what does he want? He, he's very sad in countenance. Ma'am, yes, what is it? Your son. Oh, tell me, is he hurt? Has something happened? It's sadder than that, my dear woman. He, he, it's very sad. No, tell me, I want to know. What's the truth? Tell me, is he hurt? Oh, he's badly hurt. He, in fact, he died on our hands. The horse galloped away and he was knocked down. And they're bringing his body up the street. 
hearty and red in the morning, a corpse at night. It's happened again and again and again. This world is a world that can tell millions of sad stories. Life is full of sorrow. Oh, how, how glad we are that there are those that are sympathetic, those that come in to uh, console us, to shed a, a genuine tear. Maybe the doctor came, but hmm, there's no medicine that can cure death. The friends came, neighbours, people of the city, and they engage mourners. They do that in the East. I've seen the professional mourners. Professional mourners. We can't understand that. That's strange to us, professional mourning. We have a lot of professional things, <laughs> a lot of professional people, but we certainly do not want professional mourners. But they seemingly do in the East. They pay people to weep. And I've seen them, I've seen them in procession, these paid mourners. I've seen them weeping and howling. You would think they were, they were breaking their hearts. You really would. They're, and I believe they would if you didn't pay them. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> professional mourning. We don't understand it. We don't want it. We say, give us one genuine tear. And that would be better than the payoff that we pay for. No, we don't want that. But this woman had the profession, it was the custom. The professional mourners gathered for the funeral. And the genuine mourners, the people, much people of the city. And, and some young men to carry the, the, the corpse of the grave. And they begin. They leave the house. It's a sad, it's a slow procession down toward the gate of the city to go beyond, finally, is their intention to put away the mortal remains of the widow's only son in the sepulchre. They're heading down the hill for the gate and for death. The procession moves slowly, all oh, slowly, and every step that that procession takes is a step further from home and nearer to the grave. Ah, let me say that again. Every step that that procession took was a step further from home and nearer to the grave. Why, that's your life if you're not converted. Young man, young woman, middle-aged man, anybody, that's your life. You're going down. Yeah. The pathway of sin and death. Yeah. And every step you take you, is a step further, further from home and here yeah. into the grave. You're going in the wrong direction. And they come at last, slowly, to the gate of the city. And there's another procession coming in. So another funeral procession? No. As unlike a funeral procession as a procession could possibly be. The, the crowd that's coming in are laughing and rejoicing and talking. Oh, so thrilling. And, and there's one in the midst of them 
that has called them to rejoice. They're giving their testimony. If we could only hear them, if we could mingle with this coming crowd that's approaching the gate, if we could listen, one would be saying something like this. I was blind. He put his fingers on my eyes and blessed be the name of the Almighty. I've been able to see ever since. And another would say, ah, but listen to me. My testimony is marvellous. I couldn't walk. I couldn't have been in this procession. I was lame and he just spoke the word and touched and then look and he gives a leap into the air and a shout and a, and a praise to God and the people all the oh, they're, they're laughing and they're talking and they're praising and another said yes but listen to me I was a leper I couldn't go home to my family I had to I had to stand on the hillside and cover my mouth and cry unclean, unclean, and nobody would come near me. When they brought me food, I would stand at a distance and they would come halfway and put it down on the ground and walk away, and then I'd walk and pick it up. They wouldn't come near to me. I was a leper, but I want to tell him something marvellous. Jesus came to me. <laughs> nobody else would come, but he came. And you know what he did? He did what uh, nobody would have dreamed of doing. He touched me. He touched me. And, and when he took his hand away, I had no leprosy at all. Oh, he says, I have a marvel. And so they were testifying and talking and laughing and rejoicing and coming in to meet the sad procession. The people with tears and sorrow. The, the corpse, the, the broken-hearted widow. Isn't it strange how light and darkness meet in the <laughs> How joy and sorrow come together. Strange. And they came together at the gate of Nain. The centre of this sad procession was a broken-hearted widow. And the centre of that procession was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And he who was the centre of that gathering came over to this broken-hearted widow and he said, woman, weep not. But, sir, how can I help but weep? And turning to the stretcher, I can see him pulling aside the, the, the sheet, covering the corpse, and looking into his face and saying, young man, but, sir, he can't hear you. He's dead. The choir. The dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and those that hear shall live. Amen. Young man, I say unto thee, arise. And the dead heard his voice. The eyes opened. The lungs filled with air. And the young man sat up and began to talk. And what did he say? I wonder what he did say. Did he say, Mother, where am I? She would say, My son, you're on the way to the grave. And you would have done that if it had not been for Jesus. Oh, is this Jesus? <laughs> Mother, what shall we do now? We should have to turn right about face. We can't go any further, any further in this direction. We should have to turn right about face. We're going the wrong way. 
We're going down to darkness into death. We should have to go Jesus' way. And so the sad procession turned round and went back home. And the two processions became one. And here was a greater testimony than ever. <laughs> and when they got home, I'm sure they had a meeting. They'd have a meeting and one would testify to one thing and, the, and then the young man would get up and he said, once I was dead but now I live. Glory, glory. <laughs> once I would, is that your testimony tonight? Young man. Young woman, have you heard the voice of the Son of God? Those that hear, they live. And they turn, yes, you're going the wrong way. You're going the way of sin and death and darkness. You'll be lost. But you can turn. Jesus is here tonight to turn you round about. Conversion is turning right about first. And Jesus is a young man. He says to you, right, let us pray.